CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey gang, welcome into another edition of Your Money in Your Life podcast with the one and only Don Cash. Don, buddy, what's going on? How are you? Good, Mark. How are you? I'm hanging in there, doing well. Excited a little bit about uh, some fall temperatures. It's October now as we're taping this, so a little excited there. Yeah, I'll tell you, the leaves are starting to change and it's getting much cooler, uh, especially in the evening. But uh, it's a welcome relief. We had a strange little heat wave recently (laughs) where I was out uh, watching my son's soccer game uh, last week and it was like 90 degrees, Mm -hmm. which is really weird for October. But, you know, it changed pretty quick. You could see the leaves starting to fall off the trees and the weather is certainly changing and it's, uh, you know, we're into a full-fledged fall season here. Well, that's right. We're, we got football rolling. Uh, I don't know if you're a college guy or a pro guy, but uh, who's your team? Well, we don't uh, root for too much college football here in okay. New Jersey. Okay. Uh, you know, we're, we're giant Jet fans mostly. I'm a Jets fan. So, uh. <laughs> Mark, I kind of I wish you didn't ask. J-E-T-S, Jets, uh, what Jets, they call Jets, a Jets. long-suffering Jets fan. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, Do you know I, what Jets I, stands for, Mark? I, I, well, I know the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 <laughs> but uh, I think I know, but why don't you tell me? Uh, this year we call it, we uh, the acronym is Just End the Season. <laughs> Our quarterback actually came down with mononucleosis. I I know. I saw that. I'm like, what? Really? You're a professional? I don't know. Weird. Just strange. And still out. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting stuff. But uh, I guess we should turn our attention to our our financial topic this week. I got a good one for you. Uh, We're going to talk about some fun stuff here. Don't forget, folks, Don is a CPA and a CFP at Donald W. Cash and Associates. If you have questions or concerns about something you hear on the program, want to learn more, call him at 800-664-1183. That's 800-664-1183. Or go to donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. All right, so Don, according to a recent survey by a company called caring.com, most Americans believe that it's important to have a will but less than half actually have one. What do you think that is? Well, Mark, you know, I think I saw that survey as well. It, it comes to, and I've seen many surveys that are um, that have st- similar statistics. Right. It comes down to, I think, three basic reasons. One is just simple procrastination. It's something that people would rather not think about and push off. Uh, the second, I guess, is cost. You know, folks think about going to an attorney and spending money and they'd rather not do that. And I think thirdly, it's just a really unpleasant subject to consider. And uh, that, that's another reason why I think folks just simply don't have a will or put it off. But also, not only do mer- many Americans lack a, a basic will, they often lack very important legal documents like a power of attorney, which is probably more important than a will, certainly when you're alive, an advanced health care directive. A lot of people can have heard about the term living will. That's what a, an advanced health care directive is. Or a health authorization form, a, they call it a HIPAA form. You know, the reality, I think, is at a human level, we're creatures of habit, Mark, and and often follow the crowd. And if there's no problem right in front of us and nobody's talking about thing, these things, it's just simply ignored. Yeah, that's so good. For, think, yeah. 
takes a, a real intentional thinking, if you will, to break out of this mindset. Unfortunately, often, you know, it's really just a, a crisis typically that jolt many people into thinking about taking action. No, it, it does. And I, I really agree with you on that. Uh, if it's not there in front of us, we don't think about these things. I, I'll throw myself out there, Don, and say that um, at uh, I'm 48 now, but at 41, I had to have open heart surgery. I found out within a week's time span uh, that mm. I was going to have to less than a week, actually. Uh, by the time I, uh, I went in to see him on Monday, I uh, went in for a cardio cath on Wednesday. They would not let me leave the hospital and they did surgery Friday morning. And when we went into the hospital, they asked the question, do you have that living will and power of attorney? And I, I did not, my wife and I didn't think, you know, we didn't think about it at 41. I guess we probably should have, but it definitely caused a lot of anxiety on, on her end as well. No, I mean, I can only imagine 41. Well, you know, thank the Lord that you're okay now. Yeah, no, they did a great uh, job. Way to go, surgeons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, with modern medical technology, yeah. it's it's really a miracle. But it can cause a real problem. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. You know, too often when people think about their planning needs, Mark, especially, you know, being as young as you were at 41, they think about their money, their savings, how to get the highest rate yep. of return or what stocks to buy or what stocks to sell. They don't think about what might happen if they have an accident or, or surgery or God forbid they passed away suddenly. Yeah. No, that's very, very, very true. I was definitely in that boat, and it was much uh, a much needed eye opener at that point for multiple reasons, uh, obviously. Uh, so, why would someone want to update, you know, their legal documents? You know, aside from some of the things we've talked about, give us some other things. Well, here's a, a few reasons that what why someone want to have a will, power of attorney, advanced health care directive, or at least update what they have. One is control. Okay, so with the will, it's the disposition of your assets. And, and for someone who's younger, like at your age, who's going to take care of the kids, right? Who's going to be the executor? Who's going to be the, the trustee of the funds for the family? From a control standpoint for the power of attorney, it's who's going to manage the affairs if you get sick and you're incapacitated and you can't manage your affairs. A lot of people don't realize that a spouse can't even access your IRA account because it's under your ownership and not your spouse's ownership. Mm, wow, yeah. And from the standpoint of control with the healthcare, who's going to make medical decisions, right, for you if, uh, if something happens where you can't make them for yourself? So that's point number one. Number two is some potential tax benefits with uh, having a properly structured will. Estate taxes might be an issue. If the assets don't flow properly, you, you could certainly lose an estate tax exemption. Yeah. And, you know, and I've heard about that before, but isn't the, the tax exemption like, isn't it really massive? Like you've got to have a pretty big estate, right? Something like $10 million or something? Yeah, actually, it's over $11 million okay. now. But don't forget the, the tax code expires after the year 2025, and they revert back to the old tax rates. And when it comes to estate taxes, this is something that can be changed anytime, Mark, with a $22 trillion deficit yeah, yeah. Uh, or national debt, I should say. Yeah. It's something that's always being fiddled with and talked about. So that's something that really has to be accounted for in the will. Well, that's a very good point, and we're covering a lot of good information here today on the podcast. So uh, what else, Don, some other things we should think about? 
So a couple other points is um, when it comes to the power of attorney, gifting assets, it's something that you might want to have a power in there for a spouse or someone in the family to be able to do, to gift assets to other people. The third point is protecting the children and the spouse when it comes to the will. Who's going to take care of the kids, right? Who's going to pay for college? Uh, And the fourth point that comes to mind at least with the will, is to clear up conflicts, right? Who gets mom's ring? Who gets right, uh, right. grandfather clock, the wedding dress? And for the living will, really, regarding conflict, who makes end-of-life decisions? I mean, it's very unpleasant to think about. But, you know, we've heard of cases like the Terry Schiavo case in Florida, where there was a conflict with the family about end-of-life decisions. Or here in New Jersey, there was a classic case many years ago with Karen Ann Quinlan, a young woman who was in a um, what they call a chronic vegetative state. So the bottom line is it, it removes the burden from the family. And keep in mind that none of this is cast in stone. You can always change your will, the power of attorney, the living will. And here's an important side note. For many folks, their biggest asset, Mark, is in their 401k or their IRA or perhaps a life insurance policy. That asset does not get passed to your heirs through the will. It gets distributed via something called the beneficiary designation form. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that that does trump a will. Some people think that if you have a will, that's like the be-all, end-all, and you've got to make sure that all these pieces are there. And it's certainly understandable why people uh, do procrastinate. You kind of started this topic by saying one of the reasons that this doesn't get done is procrastination, and certainly those are some some good information as to why. You know, you're right. It's a tough issue uh, to tackle, and that's why this is you know an important part of how we help clients. Often I'll sit down with the client, the family, and the attorney, and we'll go through these circumstances, the goals, the concerns within the family, and get the planning process done. And when it's over, Mark, people feel great. The estate planning here helps people achieve these goals of clarity, confidence, and peace of mind. And you know, really, isn't that what good planning is all about? When you're done setting up your documents, we also place them in a handsome estate planning portfolio binder for easy reference. And and we also discuss where you should keep the originals. A lot of people have questions about that. Where should the originals go uh, in some place that's secure and can be accessed by the family? One last thing that comes to mind, Mark, is not only do people avoid this issue for themselves, they often don't help their kids deal with it. The same survey that you referenced earlier, that care.com survey, Mm -hmm. stated that only 20% of millennials have any legal documents. No, I think all this is great information. Of course, that's one of the reasons we do the podcast. So, if again, if you do have questions about some of this, make sure you reach out to Don uh, at 800-664-1183. That's 800-664-1183. Or let someone know who who you know may benefit from that, who has similar questions. He is a CPA and a CFP. And thinking of that, Don, you know, you mentioned that you sit with an attorney. Uh, so don't forget, always have the attorney draft these documents. And I know you don't actually create them, but, you know, have the estate attorney do that. Just, you know, making sure we clarify here. Absolutely. You know, I, recently I updated the estate documents 
for our entire family, including our college age kids. So um, I know we're running along and I'll, I'll share that story perhaps in our, our next, uh, next show. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. We'll continue this uh, discussion on in the next podcast and we'll go ahead and get to our cash connection here and uh, get things uh, wrapped up for this edition of the program. So let's see what Charlie's got for you. He's over in Colt's neck and says, Don, I received a letter from Medicare last November that said I had to pay an extra premium for Medicare because my income is too high. My wife passed away a couple of years ago, and my income really hasn't changed all that much. Am I stuck with this penalty now for good? Well, you know, first off, Charlie, accept my uh, sympathies at your wife's passing. And what Charlie is faced with is something called the IRMA Medicare penalty, IRMA, I-R-M-A-A, just stands for the income-related uh, Medicare adjustment penalty. And it kicks in at a certain rate, depending upon if you're filing married or single. So the penalty starts at what they call a modified adjusted gross income of only $85,000 if you're single. And just to re- reiterate, Medicare starts typically for people once they reach age 65. Uh, and this penalty begins at that income level with an extra $54 a month wow. in what they call surcharge and goes to an extra $297 a month. Whoa. And that's on top of what they call a Part D. That's the drug plan surcharge. So the normal Medicare premium for 2019 is $135 per month. So if you tack on an extra $297 or the Medicare Part D surcharge, it gets pretty steep, although most people don't get near that $297 per month charge. But the extra level at $85,000 that I discussed is not uncommon. So it's another reason why people often convert their IRA to a Roth IRA before Medicare. That Roth IRA income does not show up as taxable income to kick off this penalty. There is an appeal that you can file if the surcharge is due to one of eight, what they call life-changing events, Mark. And death of a spouse is one of them. So Charlie, you may get relief. Uh, You can fill out form SSA-44. I don't know where they come up with these numbers, Mark, but that's the number for this Medicare form. And I certainly, Charlie, I hope it helps. Well, really great question, Charlie. Thank you so much for submitting that. And uh, really good information here, Don. Uh, Charlie, I tell you what we'll do. We'll place a link on the podcast to the form if you'd like to download and fill that out, that SSA-44, uh, as well as the Medicare uh, IRMA penalty chart, just like the SSA thing, IRMA, right? Like that. where do they come up with this stuff? They come up with these interesting things. But we'll definitely get all that posted onto the podcast link for this episode. So thank you so much. I think we're going to wrap this up now, and, and we'll continue this conversation next episode, as Don mentioned. So we certainly appreciate appreciate uh, the folks that tune in. As always, uh, if you're catching the episode from time to time or however you might have found us, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. You can do that at the website. It doesn't cost anything. You can just subscribe on whatever platform it is you choose, whether it's Google or uh, Apple or whatever, uh, iHeart, um, uh, so on and so forth, uh, Stitcher, whatnot. So reach out 
and subscribe to the show. You can go to donaldcash.com. That is donaldcash.com. There's also ways under each episode to share that on social media or to text it out. So if you know someone who might benefit from it, get them to check it out as well. Hopefully we provide you with good, useful information. And if you find a useful nugget or two that appeals to you or you want to learn more, as always, before you take any action, always check with a qualified professional like Don Cash. He is, again, a CPA and a CFP at Donald W. Cash and Associates. And you can call him at 800-664-1183. This has been Your Money and Your Life. Don, thanks for your time, my friend. I'll see you next show. Thanks, Mark. Be well. Absolutely. You as well. And we'll catch you folks next time. Enjoy it. Take care. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.